All right, hey, welcome to church today. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, I want to welcome you. If you are new here, maybe this is your first time. My name's Scott. I'm the lead pastor here. Um, and I would love to get to know you and meet you after church. Um, and we can do that outside. But uh, hey, we are in a series, and this is what we do as a church. We take a book of the Bible and we kind of go through it and we see what does God's word have to say because we know this, that his word uh, is relevant for us today like it was when it was first written and it speaks to us in our lives, in our system, in our church, in all these different environments. So we are just jumping right back in. We've been in a book called Jude. Jude is a one chapter book. It's like 24 verses um, and it's the second to last book of the Bible and Jude is writing this. Jude is the stepbrother of Jesus. Uh, he did not follow Jesus. He thought Jesus was crazy when Jesus walked this earth. He was like, this dude is my brother. He's not the Messiah. Uh, but it wasn't until the resurrection where he realizes, oh my word, my brother that came to this earth from God, he is the Messiah and his life is changed. And Jude is like, very optimistic. He's one of those guys, some of you know that person, maybe you are that person that is like always happy, right? Like too happy sometimes where it annoys the rest of us that are not. They're half his glass full, they're uh, optimistic all the time, energized, and that's how Jude begins this letter. And he's like, man, I can't wait to share all the fun things about our salvation and what we have in common and how amazing God is and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden we see a shift that happens. Like the spirit just works in Jude in that moment because there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And God is gonna use Jude to speak to this issue. And in verse three, the shift happens and Jude says, I want to share just all these fun things about our faith. I wanna just share about how, man, you can move mountains if you trust God in all areas. I wanna share about how God can redeem us all and he saves us all and he uses us all and we're all just brothers and sisters in Christ and everything is so good. I want to share all that, but now I feel like I need to tell you something. And he begins warning the church. He begins sharing some signs that are concerning. And sometimes we don't like that. We, especially with us in our society today with church, we kind of just want a church that you walk into. They tell you all these really nice things and you walk out and you go, I feel really good about myself. And you leave and you're like, this is great. This is how church should be. Just tell me good things. Make me feel good. And Jude is like, man, I want to tell you these things, but I also have to warn you. And for us, it's very important that we see this. And maybe you're newer here, and maybe you're not so sure about church. You've been to church before. You've experienced church hurt. You feel like, man, often Christians are so legalistic and judgmental and hypocritical and all this stuff, and you carry all this baggage, and you're kind of like, I don't know that I want to hear these warnings because they often come as judgment and condemnation. But what you need to hear and see is this. God loves you so much that he warns you about things that can destroy you, that can ruin your marriages and ruin your relationships and ruin your life. God loves you so much that he doesn't want you to fall into the things that could destroy your life and your faith, but he wants you to discover life and life to the fullest. And that's what Jude does in this text, and that's how God uses him in this. And we're gonna jump right in. Jude chapter 1, verse 12. There's only one chapter. So Jude, verse 12. And it says this. When these people, 
eat with you. Now, this whole time, he's been warning the people about false teachers, about people that are actually leading them away from the good news and gospel of Jesus Christ and into their own just sinfulness and their own actions and kind of leading them away from Christ. So these are the people he's warning about. He says, when these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like wild waves of the sea churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars doomed forever to the blackest darkness. And right away, Jude, like in these two verses, is just the one-two punch after another, just one after another after another, giving this example. What does this look like? This is what is happening. And he sets the, the scene and he, he speaks about these fellowship meals, and we can see this right here. He says, when these people eat with you in their fellowship meals. Now, this for them is is like church. This is what we're doing right now. They would come together. They would maybe have some praise, if you will. They would open the word. They would read the word of God, and then someone would teach, interpret it to the people. And then after church, they would go outside. They would have a large table. It would be like a potluck. They would all bring food. The ones that have more money and more resources would bring more. The ones that don't have as much would bring what they have, and they'd all sit around a table. You would have, you'd have rich and poor sitting at the same table and eating together. You would have Jew and Gentile sitting at the same table eating together. You'd have Republican and Democrat. You'd have those that have uh, done time in prison and those that are goody two-shoes sitting at the same table eating together. It would be this picture right after church they would go outside and they would eat together and some of you are like bring it back like that's what you like but they would fellowship and they would eat together and then what would happen next is they would after the food has been eaten and they've fellowship they would stop and someone would speak up and say this bread is a reminder of Christ's body and this glass of wine is a reminder of his blood, and they would take communion together. This would happen regularly. What he's speaking about is these people have entered into your churches, into this moment. They're at the fellowship mills, and, and what has happened over the course of time is they're eating together, but then some of them become very selfish, and they get their plate full, and they get seconds before some people have yet to get any food, leaving them with nothing. Some people would sit there, and they'd get one glass of wine, and then get another, and then get another, and they would be at the fellowship mill about to take communion, drunk, and taking advantage of what is sanctified and they're living in their own sinfulness this is what he's speaking about these people are there and they're among you they're here and then he says these people are like dangerous reefs now you and I we probably understand the concept is just under the water you can't see it are these things that could possibly shipwreck you a boat going into shallow water that they don't realize is shallow because there's a reef system could shipwreck in the same way, he's saying there are things that you just under the surface that you don't fully see that can ruin, that can shipwreck your faith, destroy you. 
that you, you wouldn't even notice it. That sellers back in the day, they would share information. They would take the same route every time, even if it's not as fast as other ways. Why? Because they know that route is safe. How do we protect ourselves? Because there are things in our faith just under the surface that can, man, destroy your faith and bring you down to your knees. How do you protect yourself? You create habits, you create structure, you have others that speak into it, that warn you, that tell you, that share with you. Man, These are ways that uh, if you go down those paths, it will hurt your relationships, it will hurt your faith, and you, you take that wisdom into account as you live out your own faith. He says, man, there are they're like dangerous reefs. He says, they're, they're, they're like shameless shepherds. Now, you and I, we don't really understand the concept of shepherding anymore, but back then, there were so many that would uh, be shepherds, and they would go and live out in the wilderness with the sheep. They would eat there with the sheep. They would feed the sheep. They would care for the sheep. They probably named them, right? They, they, all this. They would, then they would provide for them. They would take them out of ditches that they fell into, all this stuff, and they would shear them. They would cut the fur off occasionally so that it doesn't overgrown. They can't see through it. They can't move properly, all this stuff. And he's saying, hey, these people are not good. They, they don't care about you. They're selfish. They care about themselves, so they're not shearing you and protecting you and caring for you and, and, and doing these things. They, they're letting you live however you want and do whatever you want and fall into your drunkenness and fall into sleeping around and all these things, and it can ruin your marriage and it can ruin your faith, like all this stuff. They don't care because they're only caring about themselves. And this is what these people are like. And then he says, these people, I love this one. It's like so visual. Is, he says these are like clouds without giving any rain. And just imagine it, especially first century. You and I, we don't really have to care anymore. We, we, we kind of just go to the grocery store and get our produce. We live in California. We kind of like it when it doesn't rain. That's kind of nice, right? Like you can go outside. You can do what you want. It doesn't ruin your hair. Like you can do these things. But we also understand because we hear it all the time. They're like, we're in a drought. And for all of us that were born and raised in California, you're like, we're always in one. We're fine. Like, but, but back then, that's how they survived. Like their land, you didn't grow grass. You grew produce so that you could feed your family and, and maybe sell it for some money. Like that's how you lived. So, so for them, if they're in a drought, then they're experiencing some problems. So if you're sitting there and your, your whole produce, that you're seeing it and it's withering and, and you need water, but you have none because uh, there are no clouds in the sky, you start stressing out. This is how you're going to feed your family. This is how you're going to provide. And then just imagine it. You see it off in the distance. Man, it's a dark, big cloud. Oh, that gives you some excitement. You're excited. This is going to provide for my family. This is going to make some money for us. We're going to be able to survive. Finally, we've been waiting, and finally it's coming. You're just excited, right? You see it slowly. Just the wind is pushing it right to your home, and you're, you're just really happy about this. You start sharing with the kid. You're like, hey, little Timmy, come on. Let's go get buckets. You get them out there. You put them outside to capture any extra rain just so you have more. All these things. You're, you're just ready, right? It, your wife is making some food. It's dinner time, and she's like, all right, we're just going to have to share one potato for the whole family. But you're like, no, honey, every kid gets their own potato. Like, you guys are like, what are you talking about, Scott? This is weird. 
It's a baked potato. It's sour cream and, and bacon bites. Like we're going to live it up because the cloud is coming. Rain is coming. We can provide for our family. You're so excited. You put little Timmy to bed. You go to bed. You know in the morning there should be rain falling on your property, providing for your family, for your animals, for everything. You wake up kind of groggy, and then all of a sudden it hits you like there should be rain. You go outside to see just all the provision and all the good things, and you open that door, and you notice right away it's dry as a bone. The clouds are overhead, and they're even beginning to just move away, and no water has come. Like, that would ruin you because you had expectation. For most of us, you have expectations. You have things that look like they're going the way you wanted. You've planned. You're figuring it out. It feels like, okay, finally my marriage is set. Like, finally my, my, my career is kind of in place. And finally I'm experiencing this thing we call fulfillment and all this stuff. But over the course of time, you realize that that cloud, that thing that was going to provide for you, man, it has no real value. And this is what Jude is saying. He's saying you followed things that lead you and you, you, you think because they look like they have value but they leave you wanting the whole time. We do this in our life. All of us are following clouds and they're not necessarily bad in and of themselves but that's what you put your whole life to. If I could just figure out that, that vacation, that retirement, the, the, if I could, that car, that promotion, that recognition, that fame, that accomplishment, whatever it is and you're pursuing these clouds that you will realize don't really have the value you're really wanting because it's found somewhere else. He says these are like clouds without any rain at all. And he continues and then he says, in the autumn, these are like doubly dead trees, which is such a weird way to say it. But what he's speaking about is in the autumn is when you would go and you would reap your harvest. And you would begin to see these trees would look dead somewhat on the outside as autumn hits and as the, the winter's coming. And you would go just in that time to go and get your fruit. This is what would provide for your family during the long season. He says, the, these people are like doubly dead trees taken up by the root, which, man, has so much to do with all these biblical references. Uh, Jesus speaks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you, and you will produce fruit. So just so we understand, it's not about your works. You cannot accomplish your salvation. It is only in Christ. But he says, remain in me, and I remain in you, and you will produce fruit. And then he says, if you do not remain in me, you will not produce fruit, and anything that does not produce fruit will be taken and thrown into the fire. It's worthless. He says, these people that you've begun following, you, you listen to them on the radio, you watch them on TV, you go on YouTube, and you, they say things that really make you feel good, but at the end of the day, they have no value, and they're doubly dead, there's no fruit there, and you're left wanting the entire time. They're like clouds without rain. They're like shepherds without sheep. They're like calling yourself a Christian without knowing Christ, and they're like a tree without fruit. There's no value here. And he doesn't stop there. And remember, Jude, man, he, he starts so optimistic, but he gives a warning because there's something important for us to see. This is important. Too many of us are going through our lives and we're, we're seeking value and purpose and you're never finding it because you're, finding, you're searching in all the wrong places. 
And you gotta come back to what matters. And this is what Jude is getting to. And he says it in verse 13. He then says, they're like wild waves. And we're in California, so likely you've been to the beach. And maybe you went out there and you got into the ocean and the waves are coming and you got excited. You got your little boogie board. You got your surfboard. You, you were ready to experience the ocean. I remember a few years ago, my family, we flew down to Nicaragua. My wife is from there. Her family lives there. Her brother's getting married. And, and uh, we went down there to go celebrate the wedding, but also to enjoy our time. And uh, my son and I, we decided, let's go surfing. And I, I, this is where I got to be the dad. I'm like, yeah, I've done it before, man. I know what I'm doing. I'll teach you. We go and we rent our surfboards and we start walking out to the ocean. And I'm like, all right, so what you want to do is you want to paddle and you just got to keep on paddling. And when you think you don't paddle anymore, you still paddle. You got to get out past the wave, bud. He's like, okay, dad. And then, uh, and then I'm like, and then when, when you're ready to catch a wave, <laughs> hang 10, bro. Like, then what you have to do is you got to paddle and you got to keep on paddling. When you feel like the wave's going to catch you, you just got to paddle a little more because if you don't, it'll go right past you, right? So I'm like, let's do that. So we head out, start paddling. We're going and we're going. And I realize at that point I'm older and we're going and the waves are hitting you in the face. You're trying to figure out, do I go under? Do I go over? What am I doing? And you finally get out past the break and you take that seat up on that surfboard and you sit. My son gets out there and he's like, this is easy. Let's go, let's, let's catch some waves. And uh, cause that's how my son talks. And and he's like ready to go. And I'm, I'm like, we should really like stop and take a picture in your mind. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, okay, I'm ready now, dad. And I'm like, no, like this is God's creation, son. Like enjoy this moment. And then we finally like, I'm like, okay, I got to do this thing. So I'm like, let me show you, son, how this is going to happen. And I paddle and I know just paddle. You just got to paddle. Like, do not not catch that wave and then turn back. And your son's like, I want a new dad. So do not not. And I, I'm paddling. I catch that wave. And it carries me. And now it's like, okay, but he's got to see my head get up above the wave or he knows I didn't stand. And a part of surfing is you're supposed to stand on your surfboard. So I get up and I push up off that board and I stand. And oh, what feels like eternity. I'm back there. I'm doing this thing to my son. Like, oh. I'm looking forward. My family's all on the beach cheering for me. Oh, it's beautiful. And for about what felt like five minutes of surfing that wave, I mean, it felt like it was starting to come over. I'm going to go under that thing. It's going to be amazing. It was more like two seconds before, boom, hit the water. And the thing you discover right in that moment is this. That wave that you were up on top of is very strong underneath and man, it throws you, and it tumbles you, and you get to a place where you're like, I don't know what up or down is for a moment, and you get to a place where you start questioning, I don't even know if I have enough breath in my lungs still to hold, survive me during this process, and you finally get to the surface of the water, and you take that breath, and you, you look out, and you're like, I still see my family. I'm alive, and then you turn back, and you see another wave's coming, and you finally get to the shore, and you, you sit down, and you take a breath, and you're like, oh, my word. Hopefully, my son didn't see that, and you're capturing your breath. You look over at your wife, and she was not cheering for you. She's reading a book. She doesn't even notice you, and, and you get to the place where you're like, oh, gosh, I'm alive, and you 
You're like, at least I have my wife. And you look down and you realize your wedding ring is lost in the ocean of Nicaragua forever. And that's not a good sign. And then um, if the wave didn't kill you, your wife might. And, and then you look and you see your son is standing on a surfboard, cruising on a wave for like five minutes and you're destroyed as a father. But what, for all of us, what we've discovered is the power of a wave. But even more so, maybe you've seen it, you've experienced it, a hurricane, it comes with even more power. And what it does is after a hurricane, the amount of just garbage, pollution, and trash that it spews up on the beach in front of you is intense. And what Judah's saying is he's going, these wild waves that seas churning up the foam, like all this just toxins and all this trash that just gets churned up. And what he's warning you about is there are people in your life that if you follow them and you do not make sure it's founded in the word of God, what you will come to is a place where you will be thrown up and down. You will not know what is up and down. You will not know what is good and wrong. You will not know these things anymore. And the amount of trash that they spew and lies that they spew that don't hold value, man, it will lead you astray. He says they're like wild waves, and then he even says they're like wandering stars, doomed forever. And a wandering star is one thing that we would have to like, what does that mean? Because if you know from history and all, like how we would travel and find destinations and move along this world was we would look up to the stars and they were fixed and they were guides for us to navigate and he's saying no these aren't those stars these are wandering ones maybe like a shooting star where you see it and what does it do you kind of go like ooh ah and it's gone where it's there for a season but it's not there for a lifetime and you will follow those stars, but they will not be there when you look up again the next day and you will be lost. Where you hop from church to church and relationship to relationship from all these things and you're not stable and fixed. And that can really impact and hurt other people as well. He's saying these are wandering stars and they will lead you astray and you need to remain to what is fixed, what is stable, what is good. Now, what Jude does in these two verses is really interesting to the point of what it means for you. Because Jude is warning you about false teachers and, and, and people that you can follow and you do need to be careful. And anyone that ever speaks and they speak with authority of the word of God, you better make sure you occasionally look at your Bible and make sure it speaks of that in here. Because if they speak of it out there but never here, it has no value and it will lead you astray. He's saying you gotta be careful. But, but also, I think he's showing us a picture of this is what your life looks like. This is what your future looks like if you rely on yourself, on your flesh, on your own actions and your own understanding. This is what it looks like. Just under the surface of your life are reefs that will shipwreck you, ruin your faith, your marriage, your relationships. That there, there are people out there that are so selfish and if you follow them, you will never find value. And if you look to it, and it looks so glorious and so good, but man, it'll be like a cloud without any rain and it will not give you any value or any nourishment. It's like a tree 
that you go up to and you hope that it will provide some nourishment, some fruit, but it has nothing. And if you're not careful, that is what our lives look like and our faith turns into is this doubly dead tree that will get picked up by the roots because it has no value because you've been relying on things that do not stand the test of time. And it's like wild waves that will toss you up and down and you will not know what is good or bad anymore and you let society tell you and society tells you just do whatever you want, do whatever makes you feel good, live your truth, do all these things and it never actually gives you any value and something that you can stand on. And it's like a wandering star that you look to and you say maybe that'll lead me the way I should go but when you look up again, it's not there. This is what our life looks like on our own. This is what our life looks like when we follow others and not Christ. But here's the thing. You reverse all that when you look at this. Keep Christ at the center of your life and he will navigate you no matter what surface of the water you are entering. He will navigate you away from those dangerous things in your life that can shipwreck you. Keep Christ at the center of your life and you will discover a good shepherd, a shepherd that leaves the 99 to go and find the one. You might feel like the one, the one that is lost, the one that has gone way too far down the road. You feel like you've gone too far and God can't reach you, but the good news is this, the good shepherd pursues that one and he will go and retrieve that one and he will bring that one home. The good news is this, that our God is not a cloud without rain. He will lead his nation by a cloud. He will provide for them manna from heaven and he provides for you today. That if he cares for the birds of the air, he says, how much more do you matter? And he will provide and you will discover value, fulfillment and purpose when you discover Christ. And you will discover the fruit that that bears in your life when you're connected and remaining in the, when you're connected to Christ, he is the vine, you are the branch. And you discover that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of our own worlds and all this stuff that we go through in these wild waves, that there is one voice that can calm seas. And that when everything else feels like it comes and it goes, the good news is this, Christ remains We can always look up and he will always navigate us. He will always guide us. This is the good news. Hey guys, I really hope this message was uh, encouraging to you today. That's right. My wife and I are so honored that you joined us in this way. And we'd love to encourage you. uh, One, if you'd like to connect with us more, uh, if you live locally, and uh, we'd love to have you visit us in person. If you'd like to join us in the mission here and uh, partner with us, uh, we'd love for you to receive all of that and even other messages. And you can find all that at this resource right here. Thank you so much for joining us.